It's December 6th, 2009, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Candid Frame. Before we start, I wanted to talk to you about a project, a special project that I'm working uh, working on in conjunction with an organization called Black Boots, Inc., uh, headed by Emilio Banuelos and Elena Carrasco. So how are you guys? I'm doing great. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Well, um, what we'll do is have Emilio sort of talk about what you know what the history of this is but just in short what i wanted you to want everyone out there to to know is that emilio i and elena are going to be uh teaching sort of a workshop slash project in which we're going to be documenting communities in los angeles guadalajara and san francisco and it's something that may be of interest to some of the listeners out there particularly who are close to those cities but uh, before we get into the details i want emilio to discuss sort of the history of Black Boots Inc. and this particular project. So, Emilio, why don't you go for it? Uh, okay, uh, Black Boots Inc. Is a, is a collective of photographers uh, from the Bay Area. It started originally in San Francisco. Uh, we have photographers who are journalists, fine artists, uh, commercial photographers. Um, it's a mixture of people of uh, ages, experience levels, and uh, we get together to, uh, to make projects happen. Uh, we did a project in Mexico in 2007 where we took a group of photographers from, from San Francisco and the Bay Area to work with photographers in Mexico and uh, collaborate on, on a group exhibit that traveled from Guadalajara to San Francisco. And in 2008, we did the same thing with a, with a brand new group. And, uh, and um, this is our new project called Wandering in the Company of Strangers that takes Guadalajara to San Francisco, takes San Francisco and Guadalajara to Los Angeles, and then brings all those people back to Guadalajara and, uh, and we celebrate out here that we got to meet all these new people from all these different cities. Um, mm-hmm. We're really excited about what's going to happen with this project. And uh, it's kind of, I'll let Elena tell you a little bit about it, but it started out of our own personal experience. We, we just left San Francisco to come and live in Guadalajara, and we're meeting new people all the time. Um, and we kind of wanted to introduce folks to each other. Yeah, so really the focus is still continues to be a cultural exchange. Um, like Emilio said, we just moved from San Francisco and we came with different ideas of what it was going to be like to live in Guadalajara. And we are still continuing to learn. Um, and one of the things that we learned was that it's beautiful here. The people here are fantastic. And we wanted to share that with um, other people and maybe to get back to where we were from in San Francisco and also offer that same opportunity for other photographers to really present their hometown and share it with the next city. Um, uh, We just came from a concert yesterday listening to three different uh, bands that were from uh, Cuba, from India, from um, Afghanistan. Afghanistan, and they were all in different languages and in Guadalajara no one really understood their language but it was the medium that was really connecting everybody and sort of that same idea that we want to produce that idea that 
these images are going to connect people from different cities, from different communities. Another thing you reminded me of, we, we are going to be exhibiting the work in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Guadalajara. Um, but we also wanted to focus on um, really taking photographs of people in these communities, but also presenting the work in the communities, um, which is also very different. We want to, uh, in San Francisco, for example, we're going to be pasting the images on um, on the mission. In the mission district. What we're doing is we're, we come into these communities and, and we don't want to take from these communities. We'd like to make photographs that are representative of the community so we can present them to other people, but also give back to the community. So uh, we take the work that we make there and we exhibit it in the, the actual community so that people on the street can see it too um, and make it accessible and comfortable for people to look at. And hopefully, uh, you know, it can be some some small spark, something that some small recognition, uh, just people to people, without having to worry about art or journalism or, or any of these titles that we give to these things, and just really deal with the image and the people that are in the images. Well, I think each of us has an idea who this who this project is for. Um, why don't each of us sort of um, put out who we think is sort of this would be perfect for? Um, I think this this project is for people who want to make photographs that communicate some kind of sincere emotion or uh, personality or character uh, uh, some of the character of their subjects um, and and we're not gearing this towards you know uh, a certain genre we're, we're gearing this towards people who who make photographs because they love to because they have to and because they have families that they want to photograph in a way that makes sense that, that gives them that uh, connection 10 or 20 years down the line. We want them to uh, come into our workshop, uh, get something that they can use that same afternoon and for the rest of their days and make photographs of their children, their, their uh, community, their family that you can look at in 20 years and say, oh yes, this was my grandmother or this is my, my son, um, you know. Yeah, I, w I would say the same. I think it's it's at very different levels. It could be learning how to photograph um, your son. It could also be a, a grander picture, which is what I had talked about, is really making a bigger connection between um, different communities who speak maybe different languages in different places in different environments. And so it varies in a, a very big uh, levels as well. I think for me that the ideal person for this workshop slash project is the photographer who really wants to jumpstart what they're doing photographically. Um, a lot of workshops are geared to teaching you how to, you know, how to shoot or how to do this or how to do that. This is really creating an opportunity for you to take what you know already and to be able to express yourself in terms of documenting not only your immediate lives, but the lives of your community of people around you and share it with literally an international audience. So I think it's it's a real exciting way of taking that next big step. Um, but uh, tell us about where where people can go to find out more information and to, and to register. Uh, they can go to blackbootsinc.com, and that's ink with a K. Um, and there's a page on there for our workshops called Wandering in the Company of Strangers, and we have a PayPal button set up on there. Um, the workshop costs $275. Uh, it's a three-day workshop. 
We get together Friday evening, uh, uh, work all day Saturday and all day Sunday. It's intense, it is real, and we're making real photographs that, that speak to the community. And it's incredible how, how great the work is in three days. Um, after we do all this work at, in San Francisco and Los Angeles, we do an exhibit in each city. And if you join us in San Francisco, your work travels to Los Angeles, then it travels to Guadalajara. If you join us in Los Angeles, uh, your work travels to Guadalajara with us. Um, so you get a couple different exhibits in two different countries. Um, and also uh, we compile all of the photographs into a blurb book so that you can have a collection of these people that we've all met in, in this, in this uh, while we travel through these different cities. Um, and you have them all in one book with some literary portraits by some authors that we've met, uh, writers that we've met out here in Guadalajara uh, and in California. Um, what else? And we, uh, Elena, I think we also have a blog and a Twitter page. That's right. But um, we just started a blog page, um, www.blackbootsink.blogspot.com. And what we have there is um, uh, information in detail about the workshop. And also, we're introducing um, you to photographers that have participated with us in the past and some new photographers that are joining us. I know for me, it was uh, a real breakthrough creatively. And uh, I'm hoping the very same for everyone who participates in January. And hopefully, I'll see some of you there. So, Elena... Uh, Emilio, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, today's guest is Chase Jarvis, a photographer that many of you no doubt are already familiar with. But for those of you who aren't, Chase is a commercial sports and lifestyle photographer based near Seattle, Washington. And he's one of those photographers who seems to have become an overnight success after over a decade of hard work. The fact that Chase Jarvis has become a recognized name in photography today has a lot to do with the quality of his work, but it's also rooted in his belief in what it means to be a creative person, which includes a willingness to share what he knows with others. As we near the end of the year of shows focusing on what it means to lead a photographic life, I think Chase offers a view of not only how each of us can see our own photographic work, but how we choose to express ourselves with a camera, whether it's a camera phone or an advanced DSLR. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Chase Jarvis. Well, Chase, welcome to the Candid Frame. I'm really excited uh, to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to make our schedules jive. We're, we're, uh, we're on the same call right now. It's beautiful. Great. <laughs> Thanks. I've been following you quite a while. And, I, and one of the things that I, I kind of picked up from listening to the different interviews that you've um, that you've recorded and also been written about you one of the things that you the word that often comes up when you're talking about yourself and your work is the word art and surprisingly enough not a lot of photographers use that word when they're describing their work so what does that word art mean to you and and the work that you do um well, when i wake up in the morning I guess, uh, you know, look yourself in the mirror and you think, what is it that you're setting out today? What's your core kind of mission? And my core mission is to make stuff and innovate thought. And, and I think of, of, of it in terms, in, in very 
artistic and creative terms. I'm not necessarily sitting out there to make a bowl of cereal. You know, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of ways you can take the word make, but for me, I, I wake up every day with a desire to make stuff, and the person who makes stuff is an artist. And for me, you know, it's whether it's um, still photographs, um, a short film, or a music video, or or some kind of um, an ecosystem like what what uh, I've just done with with the best cameras, the one that's with you, the book, the iPhone app, and the online community. So. I guess that's why art is, is central to what I'm doing. I'm trying to express. There's a lot of stuff in my beanie little brain <laughs> that I'm trying to, you know, personal experiences and dreams for the world that I'm trying to, to share. So it only, it, it only, it's only couched appropriately in the word art. And why, why the camera to, to express it? I know you, you also do, you know, you're, you're a director as well, but what is it about the visual medium that really appeals to you in terms of being able to communicate, you know, the way that you, you perceive the world. I think, I think there are lots of different learning styles and lots of different uh, ways that people see the world. Some people see the world and you know, this is a little tongue in cheek here, but some people see the word, the world through words and, and the written word and some see them through, uh, you know, they hear the soundtrack of their life or whatever. But for me, it's expressly visual. Uh, I'm a visual learner. I always have been. And it, like, moments and little stories through those visuals, that's the way that I see and, you know, in many ways experience the world. And uh, and so I'm trying to kind of spread that to to other people that are, are you know, paying attention to what I'm doing, whether it be my close friends or uh, someone 10,000 miles away or someone on the other end of an ad campaign that I've created. So when you you talk about when you wake up in the morning, you're constantly having those images, you know, going through your your head. Um, what's what's that whole process from you know getting that that picture in your mind to actually, you know, making a a, a final photograph? Are you are you the kind of person who's always always has a little sketchbook, jotting down notes? How what is that process for you? Absolutely, uh, the actual the nuts and bolts of the process. They're um they're manifold, um, primarily, and this you know may or may not be a surprise, but that's that's one of the things that the iPhone really did for me. Um, is it, it was a visual journal for me. I've always had you know a little moleskin notebook. I carry, I still carry one everywhere I go with me, and I jot notes and everything. But the iPhone became this sort of hybrid thing because I was scribbling notes there in the notes section, um, and and I started taking picture with the iPhone, pictures with the iPhones of things that were inspirational and intriguing, and and this was you know when I was waiting in line to get a cup of coffee or whether I was, you know, in the middle of the Dubai desert, I'll be, you know, just kind of taking in the information around me. And those things, they usually go into a, like a pool in my brain, uh, and, and just sit there and percolate and they percolate over dinner, over, you know, long plane flights from here to New Zealand, for example. And, and when I'm lying in bed, staring at the ceiling at three in the morning, I'm either blessed or cursed, depending on where you're, uh, your approach, but with uh, I don't sleep all that much because I'm I'm really engaged and I I uh, just I, I spend a lot of time up in the old mountain and uh, and out in the world. I'm, I'm kind of an adventurer. I tra- travel about 150,000 miles a year for for work and for pleasure. And um, it's through those it's through that kind of percolation process of the visual world around me that I'm trying to process that that my ideas uh, come forward. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're you're waiting for inspiration. It seems like it's happening to you 
constantly and you're just sort of tapping into that into that absolutely pain. yeah absolutely i think uh chuck close has said this before it's like if you sit around and wait for inspiration to blow you away you're not going to make very much stuff <laughs> so i'm out there kind of for me creativity is where the rubber meets the road there's a million people who you know have tons of talent and never did anything with it or or people that have ideas in their mind and haven't you know made them a reality and for me um, I'm trying to be just the opposite. I'd rather do things and fail. And, you know, if you do a bunch of stuff and some of it sucks and some of it's going to be good and, and I'm just out there taking my hacks like, like anybody else, you know, like a, like a baseball player, you're getting pitched to and, and uh, the pitching is just the ideas that are, are being generated one after another through these, you know, through my experiences, my, my personal experiences, my professional ones and, and just seeing the world. And I'm just trying to, you know, to, hit a bunch of singles and the occasional home run. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, listening to you, it's about that development as, as an artist or as a photographer It's like you have that moment of inspiration, but it has to be followed with almost an immediate action or reaction to that. Right. In and that's case, taking a photograph in order to sort of, you know, cement that, that response to, you know, the stimuli that's around you. Absolutely. Or, or with some of the other projects, like sometimes it's the conception of a project or, the conception of a portion of a project. And I use the example of my series that I do with a friend of mine named Michael Hebb called songs for eating and drinking. And it's available at songs for eating and drinking.com. Uh, and we put a bunch of musicians, some very, very well known, the likes of Pearl jam and mud honey and, and you know, some not so well known, but on the rise, like fences and head like a kite and Saturday nights and put them down at a table, serve them dinner and, they play music for each other and it's absolutely amazing and ideas for and about those kinds of things come to me at really strange times and but having uh, the ability to put put them into action i think is actually crucial i'm not sitting around waiting for the perfect the perfect thing to come along and some sometimes the perfect thing is right underneath you and you don't know it iphone stuff is a perfect example um who would have thought? I mean, at one point I was thinking, yeah, this is interesting because it's never going to be amount to anything. I'm taking pictures with that. At one point it was a two megapixel camera. Now it's a three megapixel camera. And this is just for me. This is a visual journal. And then the irony is that I started sharing those pictures and the, you know, then other people started taking daily iPhone pictures and sharing them. And, and the pictures became interesting and pictures that people could say, I can't believe you shot that with an iPhone. And, and at the same time, I could totally do that which is exactly what I wanted it to be, both those things at the same time, inspirational and like achievable by anyone. And, uh, and lo and behold, now there's a book and iPhone app and a community and, and I've been all over the country in the last two weeks talking nothing about that or talking only about that. And it, in theory, came from just the rubber meeting the road, taking iPhone pictures. And there was no master plan did you discover that as you started shooting with the iPhone that you found yourself looking at the world or possibly shooting in a different way than when you had a, you know, a Nikon, a digital SLR in your hand? Did you, did you discover something new about what you do as a result of shooting that way? Absolutely. I, I uh, regained a bunch of innocence, to be honest. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I am so fortunate to get to use, you know, in my professional world, the best Nikon cameras, the best brown color lights, you know, Hasselblad, all, all these great, great cameras. And the reality is that those are only attached to my body or I'm only on set, what, you know, 1% of my life. 
and what about the rest of the <laughs> time, you know? And that's why I kind of re-energized the phrase, the best camera is the one that's with you. It totally shifted the way I saw the world. Um, I started looking for pictures. I mean, I, like I've always been kind of a daydreamer and, and seeing pictures like, oh, I wish I had my camera. And the reality is that I have a camera with me at all time. And so do 99.9% of the people in our modern culture. And so as an artist, I'm trying to get people to shift their thinking. Usually there's this big barrier to entry. You got to do this, 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 and this to kind of be creative or start thinking like this or doing this. And, and here there's almost no barrier to entry because everyone in our modern culture has a camera with them. It's in their pocket. And I'm just trying to encourage them to pull it out and take it. When I see how that's affected me, I mean, one button, ultra simple, I'm, it's it's back to beautiful basics. Like I'm not looking for, you know, maybe it's even a response away from the era of perfection. You know, when we started getting digital, and the digital burst onto the scene, everyone's talking about, oh, it's you know, it's two two five five or two five four or you know, one point of uh, the brights are here, the darks are here. You know, it's like, wait a minute, we just went to numbers and it became very mechanical and very technical, even way more so than it had been with film. Well. This is a, it's almost a backlash against that. And I have to play in that world in some of my work, but had the 99% of it, like, let's just take pictures. Let's point the camera at anything. And there's one button. So, so many people believe that like you need to have all these, um, options for creativity. And the ironic twist of that whole thing is for me, less has become more. I mean, I think, you know, the, there's a line in the book, the best cameras, one that's with you that says, I don't want more buttons or more filters or whatever. I want less, less is the new black, you know, it's like, and, and I believe it in my heart and, uh, it just for a professional, I think it melts nicely because, you know, looking at things through just a one little, you know, screen that's got that letterbox shape and, and having one button, um, gets us to think differently. And then think about it for the general population. Like they actually, all they have to do is start thinking that they have a camera with them and look, they don't care if they have a 14 megapixel shot of their 14 year old hitting a home run. If it's two megapixels or three megapixels, they're just as happy. I promise because they caught the moment. And especially if it's a matter of having a lower resolution picture or no picture, what they're going to choose every time they're going to choose a lower resolution picture. And, and it's that, you know, that kind of bifurcated thinking, the fact that it's for both for professionals and for the mass culture, that is really exciting for me. But how do you translate that, that simplicity that you learned in a situation where you're doing a commercial shoot where you're required to have all this, you know, equipment and all this, you know, you have to have strobes, you have to have all this gear, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really mm -hmm. complicated, but once you've gotten all that stuff together, can you get back to that sort of simplicity in terms of the way that you're, you're seeing in the way you, you make the images or is that still made all, you know, complicated as a result of just, you know, the, the complexity of a shoot? It's definitely driven me toward simplicity. I mean, my, the reality is that the trappings of high-end professional advertising photography is that there are a lot of moving parts and, and uh, you know, that's the, the kind of the parameters with which we tend to live in. However, I have, this has definitely shifted my thinking towards the most simple images in that realm. Like I've always been kind of a, 
a somewhat of a minimalist in in my imagery. There's usually either a story going on where your mind can go a long ways, and you can find out what the kid's relationship to the father is, and the, you know the fact that they're holding hands on the beach or whatever, or just kind of brute simplicity. And if anything, the 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 iPhone work that I've done has informed a more simple and clean look for the commercial stuff. And you know, another ironic twist is the phone's ringing off the hook for the commercial stuff based on all of this, this iPhone work. So, and I'm, you know, it's, it's still curious to me. It's still so very, very new. And we just launched this thing a couple of weeks ago and it's gone through the roof, but it's the immediate kind of traction, um, and the appeal to the sexiness of simplicity has been, it's been right there in my face in the last few weeks. So, and what do you think people are responding to? Because, you know, the, there's been a, so much buzz about it. And I think part of it is due to the fact that, you know, you've become quite the marketer in terms of getting stuff. But I think there's a real, very strong um, driving force that's by the people who are picking up the book and finding out about the, the you know, the, the site where all the images are. There's, what, what's that tapping into beyond your, just your ability to, to get out there and promote? Sure. I, um, well, first of all, I always laugh that I'm a great marketer because great marketers, I think, I've never had a direct mail campaign for my photography. Um, I, I had a website early on, um, but I don't do any of the traditional <laughs> things that, that you're told to do as a as an artist. So I guess I think by almost every definition, I'd be a crappy marketer. Um, I, I like to think that, that good ideas create legs of their own. And um and that, you know, this specifically with this iPhone uh, stuff, it's, it has been its own launching pad. Um, what was the second part of your question? You kind of, it was a two-part deal, like, yeah, just, refresh me? In, in terms of what do you think people are responding to? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I, what I believe is that thing that I was alluding to earlier, which is like just mass creativity. I mean... I have received correspondence from 190 countries in you know in, in the very recent past here, in just you know a month and two, and I'm I'm, I'm receiving iPhone pictures from 10 year olds in Malaysia, and you know my mom, for example, she's 63. She sends me an iPhone picture every day with best camera, and that kind of the potential for mass adoption is what's exciting for me, and at its you know, it's foundation. It's such a basic thing. It's that people inherently are creative. And whether you've been told you are or aren't for your life, this is an opportunity to break out of that. We all have cameras with us at all times now. And, and just the opportunity to think about pressing the button if you see something that's remotely interesting to you, it kind of breaks free of these traditional trappings. And it, and it it finds innate basic creativity in everyone, people that, who have been brought up thinking they're creative and those who haven't. So there's this, I mean, imagine a world where we're all taking more pictures and not just taking them, but sharing them. And that's a crucial part of the app that I developed is the ability to, at the touch of a button, share to Facebook, Twitter, you know, to email it to somebody and, and think about that power. If you've got, you know, however many billion people taking pictures and sharing them, that's the big vision, you know, is, and I, I would argue that a more creative world is a more interesting world. And, you know, this, I think this current era that we're in, in design sense is, you know, way ahead of so many other things that are some of the places we've been. The Europeans have had 
design figured out for a lot longer than we have. And, you know, there's always been talk about this kind of more rich uh, culture. And uh, I'm not negative about American culture, but boy, what if we could really embrace that and, and find and cultivate creativity in its most simple form? This is, I'm not talking about anything. This is not highbrow. I mean, my background is in the philosophy of art. You know, so, you know, we can talk about Duchamp signing the urinal and whether or not that's art and is art based on intention. And where does, uh, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat fit in taking graffiti out of the streets and putting it into the galleries. But this, it's, it's relevant, but it's not that at all. This is about pulling a camera that you already have on you. I don't care if it's two megapixels or four megapixels. I don't care if it's iPhone, um, you know, Blackberry, Android, whatever, and taking a picture with it. Yeah. It changes something in you. Yeah, I think part of it is that that this whole this whole book and this whole idea of using a camera phone gives people permission to be creative, regardless of whether or not they own an expensive camera or have had any training uh, as an image maker. Absolutely, the most beautiful images that I see because I'm 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 like addicted to the to the visualizer in the app where you're just seeing a live feed of all the images being made with best camera from around the world. And I'm constantly blown away and I'm always thumbs upping, which is kind of like our, our voting. You can just like, Oh man, I like this picture of, you know, people from all over the planet from, you know, people that have never taken pictures that don't have a photography website to the top pros of our time. You know, I just got, I got a note from Doug Menway, who's one of the, you know, one of the best and well-known advertising photographers of our time sent me a note and said, dude, this is, the most important thing since Photoshop. Now, you know, you can decide if he's smoking something, but the idea is that it's affecting a, such a broad umbrella of people in the most basic way of just being creative at the touch of a button. Yeah, it's amazing when you see people who are not professionals and all of a sudden you see a photograph and you go, God, I wish I had seen that. Mm-hmm. Not just even taking the photograph, but I wish I could have had that moment of awareness to create an image like that because it's it's something I, I may have walked past a thousand times but I never saw it in that particular way yeah and you start looking for it and that's one of the things that I feel like this concept can trickle into the rest of the lives of those who kind of embrace this is you do start thinking about things in new ways I mean I uh, not the current studio that we uh, we own right now but my last studio there's just a short walk between my house and the studio and it's right next to the coffee shop that I still go to and I've walked that 10,000 times and when I started shooting iPhone pictures a few years ago there's some absolutely amazing images that came from that two block walk you know And, and they're just waiting there you know and it's another tagline out of the book it's like there's there's 10 great pictures within 10 meters of where you're standing right now. So, And another part of what, what's happening with the book is just the whole community that's evolved, you know, out of, out of the website and also with all the other stuff that you've been doing with your blog and, and, and your website and all the you know, stuff you're doing on Facebook and, and, and Twitter. You're tapping in as a whole, whole community of, of image makers, of people who want to be creative. How important do you think that is? To being creative is being being within a community of, of other people because photography traditionally has often been seen as being a very isolated you know, art or craft. Right. I'm, I have had a problem with that for a long time, mostly in the sense of that it, it kind of creates – there's a lot of fear based around it for most people that, that, that live an isolated creative career. Um, 
now I'm, I'm generalizing and I realize that, but just the idea of talking about things publicly and transparency, transparently, I mean, there was a path that I chose early on. I was transparent long before it was cool to be so, you know, launching, you know, the very earliest behind the scenes videos of big time commercial shoots that existed. And I just saw this tremendous hunger and passion to, to get more information. Now, I hope that this, that what we're doing here helps kind of bring to light that there is a benefit to sharing and there, the community has been, you know, arguably the most important thing in my professional development outside of all my own personal experiences, you know, just getting feedback and watching the rising tide float all the boats. And, uh, for those folks who have historically been, you know, operated more in isolation, you know, Hey, there's different strokes for different folks, but I'm hoping that this idea can at least infect some folks and, and, uh, you know, I've said it before, but what, what good is a picture if it's not shared? And so sure, you can take a picture and be happy and proud of it for yourself. I respect and appreciate that opinion. But, you know, art, you know, if it's locked in someone's basement, it's, it has a hard time changing the world. And if the MO for art is to affect change, like, let's get those images out there. This, this ecosystem at its most basic and primitive uh, iteration, is that. It's... Like send your things out into the world. You know, you, sorry, you used, to, you used to have to have permission from someone else as an artist. You used to have to get hired to shoot a campaign or get selected by a magazine to shoot an editorial piece. And that was kind of like the permission to publish. And it was made by somebody else. And now with, you know, the blogging platforms being what they are with Facebook and Twitter and, and YouTube and all of the, you know, social sharing sites, you don't need permission from anyone. You are publisher and you can just hit publish and that to me is remarkable that's why there's more opportunity now for photographers artists filmmakers than, than ever before speaking of, speaking of transparency i was reading your your bio on your website and you had an interesting comment there when you were referring to some of the awards that you've won and you said i've always un been unsure of whether i earned them or whether somebody i knew or somebody who knew somebody I knew rigged the jury. Absolutely. And I think that's really an interesting comment coming from someone who is as accomplished as you are, who's as respected as you are, making a statement like that. I think a lot of people think that, but it's very rare to see someone say it, much less put it in print. Why, why do that? Because I, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm just being brutally honest. I mean, I'm always, as artists, we're always throwing ourselves out there. And you know, I can be really confident about something, but on the inside, I'm scared to death. I'm turning such a part of me inside out and you're putting it out there for criticism. And, you know, when you enter an award show, it's like, oh, if you get rejected, you know, did you suck? Were your images the worst? Or if you're best in prize or best in show, it's like I'm always pinching myself and wondering like, wow, who have I fooled? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, and, and. You know, I, I want the rest of the world to know that, you know, I, I would agree that I have a long list of accolades, but that it doesn't, that doesn't go away for me. You know, the idea of, I don't expect to win anything. I'm always <laughs> shocked and, and just, you know, grateful if someone finds my work moving and that's part of what it's about. Just throwing it out there. And if you're throwing it out, if you're just throwing, you know, softballs out there for anybody to hit out of the park, well, that's, that's pretty boring and, and that doesn't often get recognized. So I'm trying to do you know interesting and different things and hey people are going to react differently and it's just it's a part of being a creative is is having 
a certain comfort with failure and with uh, rejection. I mean, if any photographer, I don't know of any photographer who only heard yes their, <laughs> their whole career. You know, it's more common to hear a whole lot of no's. And, and the way I look at it is those are just there to keep the rest of the folks who weren't meant to work hard out of the picture because Lord knows that stamina is arguably one of the most important things in a creative, in a creative uh, career. Well, when you were in medical school and you're studying philosophy and even before you made that decision to make that leap, you had these feelings, you know, that we're, that we're talking about this sort of self-doubt and this insecurity. But what, what do you think allowed you or, or pushed you to go past those feelings and, you know, and not choose you know, a safe path and take this risk, not knowing how, how it was going to turn out. Uh, I guess it sounds sort of trite, but man, we only got one shot. And, uh, and for me, I actually listened to the things that were going on inside my head and, and, and what that, you know, what that came out as is I've got to make stuff. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm here. I need to, to, share the vision that I've got and tell other people's stories. And, uh, if I don't, boy, I'm going to be kicking myself and won't that suck if I'm, you know, 75 years old and saying I would have, I could have, I should have. And to me, that's an amazing motivator, <laughs> your own mortality and your own, you, know, you get one, one shot kind of a thing. So. Well, I think one of the things that, that people, when they see all the stuff you're doing, you know, particularly when they see your recent trip to, um, New Zealand and they're seeing you doing this, you know, this, this big shoot out of a helicopter and they see all the sort of the drama and all the glamour of it, but there's a lot of work that goes behind it. And I think a big, <laughs> part, a big part of that is, is the people that you surround yourself with. And I think, and I don't think that's discussed enough, you know, because people think that it's just this one photographer and his indomitable force of will that makes all this stuff happen. But, you know, talk about the people that you've chosen to work in collaboration with you to make these things happen. How important have they been to your, to your success, success and, and to your creativity? Absolutely. 100% mission critical. Nothing, not even the most basic of shoots would come off if there wasn't a collaboration factor built in. Um, I, you know, the staff that, that I have assembled is just a team of, of amazing people that they're all better at their respective jobs than I could ever be at them. Um, they're entirely committed. Uh, we work very, very closely and very committed uh, to one another and the projects that we're working on because, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of fun going on. At the end of the day, I don't want to make all this heavy art talk too heavy because at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm having a good time. And we all, fortunately, six or seven of us can, can look at that and say, absolutely, we're having a blast. Um, it's a very, very collaborative and open environment, and um, ideas come from far and wide. Uh, and, you know, that, that includes our direct, you know, our direct staff here. Um, and when I say staff, you know, I don't use the words assistance because they're not, like, everyone here is a profit-sharing, IRA-matched, benefited uh, employee. And... They, you know, they are absolutely crucial. This doesn't end here, though. It goes to, you know, folks outside our organizations. I look to collaborate. I just, uh, 
I just finished working on a music video with a good friend of mine, Will Hyde, who's a director uh, and a founder over at Superfad, a production house here and there in Seattle, LA, New York, and London. And an amazing opportunity, you know, it's an amazing experience to collaborate with, with someone like Will. And, and there are other collaborations in the mix, you know, as we speak. So it's a huge part of the, of the job for, for me to, to cultivate that creativity and cultivate collaboration because I feel like more heads are almost always better than one. <laughs> yeah, there's a rare chance where it's not, but for the most part, I, I enjoy it very deeply. And even when you think about a commercial shoot, like, uh, you know, when you travel, you take 30 people and you travel halfway around the world and there's an art director, a creative director, there's the, you know, maybe the client and it, it all of those folks are getting together and, you know, might have the photographer's name on the picture at the end of the day, but that was made by a really dynamic and intelligent, creative team of many. So I, I try and pass those shout outs around as much as possible. I mean, everybody has their own video on my website. Um, and I, I just have a huge respect for all of, for our team and, and all the folks we've selected to collaborate with in the past. So I think it's an interesting model. Tell me about you know your your relationship, particularly with the, with your producer. I think it's Kate. Is your executive yes. producer? Yes. Yes. How that? How how important is is having, you know, a, a really good producer in terms of, you know, not only your big commercial shoots, but some of a lot of the personal projects that you're you're working on. How? Because I know, particularly with commercial shoots, a relationship with the producer is particularly key. But I'm wondering what insight you can bring to listeners who may not have had that kind of experience. Um, that you can bring to the table. Imagine if you had the world's most organized planner that was helping you make your dreams come true. And as a creative, you're going, yeah, man, I want to have a this, 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 and a this. And they're like, okay, well, where does the rubber meet the road here? What is that going to take? We're going to need, you know, this is the budget. These are the resources. This is the, and so kind of bringing this pie in the sky vision and becoming in a reality. That's the job of a great producer. And uh, I just happen to be married to my executive producer, so uh, <laughs> that that uh, is an extra bonus, and we get along like you know absolutely beautifully. And I couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else. Uh, she's she is she knows me inside and out, and she can tell when I'm having one of those spells where I'm off on another planet, and she'll kind of grab me and say, okay, how can we ground this? This is a good idea. And, you know, conversely, she's also pretty good at saying, you know what, this is not, it's not feeling it to me. And, and having that open relationship, it's not different, not too different from the relationships that uh, certain photographers have with their agents. Like I'm without agent right now, intentionally. Uh, I don't know if it's going to stay that way or I'm just having a really good time right now. There's a lot of freedom and I think that that could change, but it's a similar relationship. Like you are, Kate and I are literally married, but the, like there's a figurative marriage between a photographer and their producer or the photographer and their agent. And if that goes smoothly and you guys are on the same page and all the wheels are greased, boy, it can be a, it can really be a formidable, a formidable uh, force. You know, you had already achieved a a certain degree of of success um, before you kind of sort of blew up in terms of the awareness of, of, of photographers and just the people around as a result of your involvement with, you know, the social social networking. What surprised you most about what's happened as a result of you tapping into that? Um, I, I like to, you know, it's been said with the Beatles before, it's like an over year, 10 nights, or an overnight 10 year success. 
you know, it's kind of like, man, I've been in the trenches uh, working really, really hard for, for 10 plus years. So um, I guess the, re- the recent kind of uh, surge is um, in, in large part to, I, I owe huge props to the photography community, to the art community, the creative directors and art directors out there who are kind of paying attention to things I'm doing. And I gave an, a, a talk not too long ago in Denver at the Art Directors Club of Denver, and it was about this idea, like create, share, sustain. And I think that's really the core of the question that you just asked. I guess the core answered the question you just asked, which is I just started making things and sharing them. And at first, you know, you share them to, to uh, your 10 friends or your parents, and then you share them to a larger network. And, and then maybe it's your Facebook, you know, your 50 Facebook friends. And, and by just making and sharing and sending it out into the world and saying, asking for feedback and, and, other people notice that stuff and then they say, Oh wow, I'd love to give some, you know, give some feedback or have you heard what this guy or this gal are doing? It's really, it's really interesting. So over, you know, the last, I'd say 10 years, but in, in terms of kind of social media and broad scope, internet talk, especially the last five years, that's really what I've been doing is making things and setting them out in the world, whether it's a behind the scenes video, a music video, uh, a self-produced shoot or a, a film, a short film. And, that has so much carries so much weight in our world and the the again i kind of said this a little bit earlier but the these making of things that are interesting to me music is very very important to me it's a core part of my my being <laughs> if it wasn't for music i would surely shrivel up and die um and that's one of the reasons i worked with my friend michael hebb to create songs for eating and drinking and it wasn't about trying to find the next you know five hundred dollars it was about doing something expressive that I thought was really, really cool that would, that would definitely resonate with me. And I thought, you know, sure, other people might like it. And it's really through developing those things that and engaging your community and say, hey, you know, throwing it out there, do you like this? And, and when the community responds, they do, they'll tell 10 friends. And, and in theory, that's kind of like this virtuous cycle upwards where you're creating stuff and more people are finding out about it. And uh, to kind of bring this back to your original point, I think right now there's just a critical mass of people that are connecting with some of the things that, that I'm doing. And you know, to, to shine the spotlight elsewhere, there's so many things that so many other people are doing right now that are also hitting critical motion. And that's so exciting for me. I, I really spend a lot of time poking around online and just, you know, there's popular culture heroes everywhere. And those, some of the folks that, you know, in the graffiti world, just doing amazing things. Uh, just, just, Incredibly inspiring. Well, you get asked a lot of questions from people. Some of them, you know, <laughs> questions like, you know, the typical question, what kind of camera you use, what kind of lighting you use, you know, this typical, the typical stuff. But what, what's the question that you think you wish more people would ask? Huh. Should I go? Should I do it? And most people... I find end up talking about technical things like, ah, what's the aperture on that shot chase? Or why did you choose to shoot that on the red one instead of the phantom HD or their technical questions when they really should be asking me is what's it like to freaking send it, to do what you love more than anything else as a career. And like there's, there's a lot of, and I'm not saying everybody wants to be a photographer. There's a lot of people and I respect very much and appreciate the, the hobbyist, and, but for the, for the people that are asking those questions that are kind of tiptoeing around the, 
around the real, you know, the real 500 pound grill in the middle of the room. It's go there, do it. Whether it's what you want to do for a career or whether it's buying the new camera to push your art to the next level if you have a full time job. And and the question that I don't feel like I get asked enough is, is, is it rewarding? And my response is anytime there's something out there that you want to do and you want to do it badly enough, not doing it is an absolute curse. Just throwing yourself at it is has been the answer of so many of my dreams and callings. And, uh, you know, those, those questions tend to be replaced by aperture questions and how did you do it? And, you know, Hey, we're all going to have different paths, but getting on that path and challenging yourself again, whether you want to be a professional filmmaker, you want to be in Hollywood or you want to shoot great pictures of your kids. It's, should I do it? And the answer for me is always yes. If you're asking the question, the answer is probably yes. Yeah, because that's really the question behind all those other questions. It is, and and let's 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 boil it down to what it is, right? There's some fear-based stuff going on, and and we've all got to deal with that. And at the end of the day, there people are looking for kind of inspiration or permission to to go for it. And God, I would just you know think of how you feel if you didn't go for it. Feel how much worse than if you went for it and lost money or you know broke up lens or you know whatever it seems like that's that's underpins so many so many questions you were talking earlier about music that plays an important part of you what are you uh, part of what you do and, and who you are tell me some of the stuff that you listened to recently that you that really kind of pumps you up or gets you invigorated or, or that you're really excited about is particularly bands or, or yeah Genres and bands, I guess uh, I've got some really good friends in the music music industry. I, I just uh, had a party where the the presidents of the United States of America played, and they've been around for a long time. But they always they're a great party band. Uh, hey Marseille is a new upcoming band. I love the Blue Scholars, Common Market. Um, gosh, and a lot of these are Seattle bands that are you know are likely not on people's radar. Um, Kings Leon have made a really great push recently. Um, I was lucky enough to catch the Pearl Jam show, and they're like an, an older, obviously older, well-established bands. But my musical taste is all the way. Joshua Roman, he's a cellist, one of the most amazing cellists I've ever seen play live. Um, and he was recently in my studio playing some stuff. It, my my interests are wide, uh, and um, I guess that's one of the things that I love about about music. And strangely, that translates into my love of pictures. You know, it's it's pretty out there. I love taking you know snapshots of uh you know gritty road signs with my iphone and yet you know if i have my my 25 megapixel hasselblad or uh, uh nikon d3x I, i'm gonna go try and make a picture too so there's a wide range of things that interest me and music is definitely definitely an important part of it cool. the new the new santa gold album is great i mean super poppy it was the album of the year for for me for summer out on the boat getting a sunburn I could go on. You better stop me, man. <laughs> so uh, where can people find out more about you know the, the book and the, and the website? Sure. So um, I guess the uh, best place is to go to uh, thebestcamera.com, and there you can kind of uh, see demos of the app, and you can connect link direct to iTunes. Um, you can also see stuff about the book there. Um, alternatively, if you want to go to amazon.com to um, – Barnes and Noble or Borders, you know, the books are available at all the, the big stores as well. And, uh, and you can go direct to the, um, iTunes store and type in Chase Jarvis or best camera 
And I was just told this morning that we're front and center on the uh, iTunes featured list, um, which that's just that's a huge testament to the community. Thank you so much. We, you know, within 48 hours, we were in the top 10 of all apps of, of 75,000 apps. So got nothing but res- respect and appreciation for that. So those are where you can kind of get those things in the, in the community. Pay attention to that community at thebestcamera.com. That's a live feed of images coming in that you're using best camera. There's a visualizer also on the phone. Um, and, and I guess all of that gets some sort of play and discussion uh, on my blog, which is chasejarvis.com slash blog. And then uh, for the Facebook and Twitter folks out there, it's just twitter.com slash chasejarvis or facebook.com slash chasejarvis and become a fan. So I'd love to have people be a part of the conversation for sure. Cool. And the last question I always ask is I ask a photographer to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone that you've long admired or, or someone that you've discovered recently. So who would that person be and why? Uh, that person would most definitely be Chris Jordan. Chris is a good personal friend. He actually hails from Seattle as well. Um, his work is in the fine art realm exclusively. I don't think he does any commercial, but he's done an amazing job of documenting our culture's kind of abuse of the planet. And, uh, he's got uh, one show called by the numbers where he photographs, you know, tens and million, tens of millions of, uh, plastic cups. And that's encouraging us to think about the use of plastic cups going into landfills. And, and this photograph, for example, to be like 10 feet high and 20 feet long. And there's, you know, 80 million cups. And then he tells you at the bottom of the picture or on the placard, this is how many cups are used every minute on the airlines that are all flying around the world right now. So it's an amazing you know, call to action and a raising of awareness. And his work is spectacular. Chris Jordan. I think he's at chrisjordan.com. Just great guy. Well, thank you, Chase. It's, it was a real honor and pleasure to finally have a chance to talk with you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And I hope we cross paths in the real world soon. Thanks for sharing some of your time with me. If you have any questions on the uh, Wandering in the Company of Strangers workshop, you can email us at blackbootsinc at gmail.com. And if you have any comments or suggestions on this show or previous episodes, please feel free to drop me a line at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. You can also communicate with me and other listeners of the show by joining us on Twitter, Facebook, or Flickr links to each of these can be found on the blog. Till next time, this is Ivarian X. Pirello, and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com Photocastnetwork.com